listening to the We're Talking Drums podcast with your hosts, Derek Doucette and Corey Hoffey. This week's episode of War Talking Drums is brought to you by Los Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one drumstick manufacturer. With 22 models to choose from, you can get the right size, weight, and feel for your playing. Los Cabos Drumsticks. Hello and welcome to another episode of We're Talking Drums. This is a very special episode we got going on. Not only is it episode 31, but we are going to be doing a Q&A session. And uh, unfortunately, my co-host Derek is not here. He had to fly back home to PEI uh, for a family emergency, Um, but he will be back Next week, uh, I hope. So today, I'm joined by my good friend and bandmate, Sir Alex Snape. How are you doing today, bud? Hello, Corey. I'm doing very well. How are you? I, I'm doing all right, man. Uh, you know, we just we just finished up a session tracking all the drums for the new Unbowed record. Indeed, yeah. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. So, uh, Corey managed to record, uh, eight songs in one day and then we only had one more left for today. So two days, nine songs, not bad at all. Not bad. Uh, yeah, man, we really banged them out. Well, it it all came down to organization. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If if there's any, anything you can say about us is we're very organized. Extremely. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, that's uh, fun and exciting stuff. Uh, so not only do we play together in Crimson Shadows, where you play bass, we're not going to talk about that, though, because if anyone knew that we had a bass player on the podcast, we'd probably be shut down. This is a drums podcast. Burned. There's no room for that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but you also play guitar and our main songwriter for Unbowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play guitar for Becomes Astral mm-hmm. as well. And you play drums for... Gerthang. Gerthang. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which uh, is a kind of like a, a world metal band. All of you are from yeah, all over the place. international band, you could say. Yeah. So you also mix and... Uh, and master. And master yeah. all, all of that work. So how did that, uh, how did that band come to be and how did you end up playing drums for them? Uh, well, Gerthang has been around for quite a few years, but um, I would say I probably joined around, must have been 2016 or 17, but uh, I'll probably have to cut that part out because I'm going to be wrong. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I joined a few years ago and programmed drums for two albums of theirs. And then on this most recent one, uh, which we finished a few months ago, I played real drums on it because now that I have a, an actual studio where I can do that kind of stuff, um, it made it a lot easier. But yeah, I, I met them. Well, I met the main guy. His name is Shishik. He's a Polish guy. Uh, I can't say his last name. I can barely say his first name, so I'm not going to try. But um, I met him on the Metal Archives um, years <laughs> ago on the forum. Uh, if you're a, a nerd or of some extent into metal, you're probably aware of the Metal Archives or... Yeah, the metalum, as we call it. Um, I didn't even know that there was a forum side of it. So yeah. I'm not a forum guy, really, though. I never got into any of the, like, 
forums in general. So yeah, yeah. it's definitely obscure and a nerdy thing to do, but I thought I'd just try there. It was when I was first starting to mix and master and produce music for other people kind of thing. So I was just kind of trying to put myself out there any way I could. So I just put a few messages up on the metal or sort of the metal uh, message board there just saying like, Hey, if anybody needs any drums programmed or anything mixed or me to play some guitar on something, or I just kind of mm-hmm. offered my services out there. And the only person that replied was the the guy from Gerthang. Um, and he's kind of the main guy in the band. So he was just looking for someone else. I think he was programming the drums himself back then, but he just wasn't really confident in it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then we did one album together and then it led to another album and now we're doing another one. Um, so yeah, it's good. I'm here in Canada. He's there in Poland. There's one guy in Germany. There's one guy in the Ukraine. And then there's one guy in Norway. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> it's uh, it's a few <laughs> few people. Yeah, all over, all the, place. over the place. Yeah. And, and you guys uh, have a distribution deal with Seasons of the Mist? Seasons of the Mist, yeah. Um, we are signed to a record label called Immortal Frost Productions, who are like a Belgium uh, lab- Belgian label, and then all of their distribution is through Season of Mist in oh, Europe okay. and North America. Mm-hmm. So we get all the benefits of all that, basically. So that's excellent, man. Yeah. That's excellent. You got and you have a new record coming out soon. Yeah, it'll probably come out in the fall, uh, like towards the end of this year. Um, but yeah, it's all done. It's all mixed and mastered. It's just uh, the artwork's being finished right now, and then it's going to go off to printing and all that. Excellent, so, man. Yeah. Well. There'll really be, look forward to it. Yeah, uh, there's going to be CDs. There's going to be vinyls. There's going to be all the digital crap. So it'll be great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I uh, I did see uh, on the old social media you you tracking some of the drums. You put up some little teasers and yeah. looks like uh, you're you're stepping up your game there. And yeah, uh, since I was younger, I've been more of like a punk rock drummer. Like my first band ever, I was like 12 years old and just playing like kind of Nirvana music, but a little heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always obviously been into metal. I've just never thought of myself as like a metal drummer. But when it came to doing this record and being inspired by like you and Angus and all my buddies who I'm surrounded by pretty good drummers. So I was just like, all right, I can, I can blast. I can figure this out. Like yeah. I, I just like, I just kind of woodshedded it for a while and it took some time, but I feel like I'm a more competent metal drummer than I was before now. So yeah. yeah. And, and years of uh, like writing in MIDI drums, everything like that allows you to kind of like understand where certain beats, like where your hands should be placed and, and everything like that too. Yeah. Right. I so. feel like I have a sensibility of a drummer a lot of the time. So uh, that's definitely helped me over time. Even if I've not actively been playing drums mm-hmm. in all my bands, it's just been, sort of one of the first instruments I, I started playing. So I'm somewhat familiar with it, I think. <laughs> Excellent, man. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, that's enough of that talk. Yeah. Let's absolutely. get into some questions because uh, I, I reached out and uh, I figured why not why not do a little Q&A sesh, Q&A. you know? Like uh, you guys got questions, uh, obviously, because uh, – Got uh, quite the response, but uh, we we're, we picked through a, a couple of them here to yeah we've whittled it down to six of the best questions that were submitted yeah six out of the seven thousand <laughs> questions that were submitted um, <laughs> so <laughs> this uh, this this is it let's uh, let's let's dive in and and really get to the nitty gritty oh, yeah. of these let's questions dive in. let's right? ask. 
Corey from We're Talking Drums some questions about drums. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's get really into the mic here. Okay. All right, can we begin? Let's do it. All right. So, Justin Plourd. I'm, I apologize for ruining anybody's names in, or names in advance. So, Justin Plourd asks, does steering wheel drumming count because I slay hard? Well, Justin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't know. I don't. I, I would it count as actual drumming? Um, are you, are you at a stoplight? Are you in park? Can you use all four limbs? Yeah. Like how how hard are you getting into this? Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Are you like just like gassing it? Yeah. And you know, like, <sighs> like when I was like eight or nine years old, I used to like. I just had a pair of drumsticks and like binders and stuff, and I'd put them on my bed, and I'd just kind of like jam along to like Slipknot and stuff. And I feel like that kind of uh, implemented like the idea of like a few like little rudiments or something, or just got my sticking a little better. But in terms of you, I think uh, playing drums on your knees and your lap and all that kind of stuff, it can only go so far until you actually like when you sit down at a drum kit, you're like, oh, this is this is a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah, it's completely different. Um, so I think that it is a a lot of fun and a great use of time as long as you're not. Uh, distracting yourself while you're driving. Yeah, driving precisely. is a, a very serious thing. You uh, and we don't want anybody to get hurt. So uh, unless you know what you're doing, refrain from it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But professionals only. Keep slaying it, man. Yeah. Keep slaying. Hey, man, it. if you slay hard and you know you slay hard, that's all that matters. That's what. That's it, man. Yeah. That's all that matters. Because uh, life is garbage and. <laughs> <laughs> And it only disappoints. <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> it's a small victory, my friend. Small victory. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next question. On to the next question. This one is from a good friend of ours who has mixed music for both of our bands, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend Thomas Ireland asks, what are drummers' thoughts on recording cymbals, shells, and kick as separate takes? Uh, for example, he says the Lamb of God record, Sacrament. If asked by a producer, would they be open to it and how much prep or practice would be required ahead of time? I think this is an excellent question. Um, now, we during this last session that we did, uh, we actually recorded uh, kicks and hands separate. Yeah. Right? So since all the kicks are triggered, we just used a pad, um, which then we can make MIDI from that and... It makes it like so easy for editing. Yeah, um, it just cleans up the overheads and all the other mics. You're just not getting a bunch of kick, um, kick drums like you know mixed up in there and making things muddy. Yeah. yeah. Now I don't know the specifics of the Sacrament record. I could go in um, and find out, but um, I think that it'd be very difficult doing cymbals and shells and kicks. Like you have to play 3 times and have all that lock in together as if it's one performance. Yeah, that sounds nuts, honestly. Like like I mean, these things definitely happen. People do this, but yeah. That sounds like a lot personally, but I'm sure I'm sure Thomas would know more about that. As, as you as a drummer though, like would you be open to it and would you say like, "Oh, I just need give me like a couple weeks to to try this or something or I'd be I'd be open to it if it was in the budget, because uh, honestly, at a certain point, <laughs> right, yeah. it comes down to like you are spending literally three times as long, right, recording, yeah. and it's not like you can just like put all your energy into it. Like I even found 
um, it was difficult to um, play on the pad because it doesn't have the same like oomph as playing real kick drums, you know? So that, like it takes away a little bit of that energy yeah. to a degree rather than just having your kit, right? So I could only imagine like playing on pillows or like dampened toms yeah. or like muted cymbals. It just would take away a lot of that energy. Now it's doable. And if that's what it takes to get the the best, uh, res- like overall sound for the record, then I would be open to it. At this point, I'm open to um, like pretty much doing anything to get the end result of the album. Yeah, that's to, what you're after. You just best. want the the final product to be as good as it can be. Yeah, exactly. And if that's what the producer wants, and if that's if it's a a producer that I trust. And therefore would be paying a decent amount of money. Yeah. Um, then yeah, I'd have to like go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as prep time, I don't even know what I would do to prep for it other than just try to record everything that same way in my own time. Yeah. I, right? I think that would be a strange one, but it totally makes sense for a band like Lamb of God, Lamb of God and a producer like Machine. Like, um, they would have the budget. They would have the time for this. And I'm assuming Machine is a seasoned enough guy that he's just tracked so many drummers to the point where he's like, this is how I do it. And that's kind of what you expect when you hire someone like that is you're going to mm-hmm. maybe uh, abide by their techniques they already have rather than just being coming in and being like, no, this is how I play or something like that. Yeah. So I think it's a good idea to be open to that kind of stuff. But like you said, it would really depend on the budget or the the allotted time you have to complete the record, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and doing all three separately at a certain point, I'm like, why not? Why not just like yeah. record the symbols and just MIDI everything else? And <laughs> yeah, right. like I don't yeah. like at this. That's what you're aiming for, anyways. That's yeah. what you are looking for is to get them as if they're sampled. Yeah. As if it's a MIDI instrument and you can separate everything 100% and have no bleed. That's what you're looking for. That is perfection. Yeah. Just use the MIDI instrument and put your ego aside um, if that's what you want. Mm -hmm. Unless you're Lamb of God and... <laughs> You've got the time to get Chris Adler to sit there and you know play, play only his bass drums for a day. <laughs> yeah, like there's no way you can like look at Chris Adler and be like, "Sorry, you're not playing on this record." Yeah, he's gonna be like, Fuck "Here's you. <laughs> here's a MIDI keyboard, type it in, bro." Yeah, not happening, mm-hmm. right? So unless you're Chris Adler, um, it's weird to say, but use a Use a MIDI instrument yeah, for it, honestly, man. Get good like, drums, man, all day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I would say for smaller level bands, like yeah, you could try and do the the shells and cymbals, or, or sorry, like just everything except for the kicks. Maybe at once is uh, the way a lot of people go, because yeah. um, you're already you're doing so much sample replacing of the shells afterwards, anyways, or at least reinforcement. Enhancement. So, enhancement. That's You're a good way of putting it. Yeah. We're not shells. replacing. We're enhancing them. We're enhancing. <laughs> We're taking your performance and enhancing, just enhancing it. it. Yeah. yeah. Just like there's a there's a knob that yeah. just is, has, says enhance and we're just cranking it to 11. Exactly. Yeah. 
But I do think that's something cool to think about, uh, especially when you you listen to a record and then you maybe find out that that's the way it's done. Like with Sacrament, I didn't know that, honestly. I didn't know that he recorded it uh, separately in three different ways like that. Like Billy Talent 2, I don't know if you're into Billy Talent, but that's the way uh, that record was recorded was cymbals alone and then all the shells alone. And when I listen to it now and think about it, it's like, oh, wow, it does kind of sound like that. But when I was a kid, I had absolutely no idea. No, <laughs> the gen- and that's the thing is like the general public is just going to hear, like take everything at face value. Yeah. You know? It's all coming up at once. Either the drums are going to stand out as like, ooh, something sounds weird. Um, or it, or they're not going to hear it and then they're going to be like, wow, this song is great. Yeah. Right. So that I think the overall goal at the end of the production is for the song to come across as a great song and to nothing stand out as being bad yeah. or poorly done. If there's a certain technique that's going to make that song sound better and come out the way it's supposed to come out, then just do it yeah like that's what it should come down to that's it but also um i would say just just record the drums just set up your drums and fucking hit record <laughs> just um, give it a go yeah <laughs> either that or or midi instrument bro yeah. um as far as like yeah because i know and i do know that thomas has um been wanting to do it and has done it um with his, his brother nick yeah um for i think the last battle soul record that's how oh, they okay. did it wow um i don't know if it was everything separate or if it was just symbols and shells that were separate um but yeah I, and that that was many years ago uh so he he's been into this whole concept for a while yeah, which bet. is why i'm not surprised that that was his question yeah because he he loves it it's <laughs> but, a great question though yeah there's it kind of took us down a whole little route there yeah yeah but from a drummer's perspective man dude that would be that would be it would difficult. be difficult yeah it would be difficult it's definitely doable uh if you want the best performance though let the drummer set up his kit and play it yeah. if that's what you're looking for you want the energy and everything and that if you're gonna edit it to shit if you're gonna you know like completely fix it in post <laughs> <laughs> then, sorry that was a big pop yeah uh, <laughs> I'll have to fix that in post <laughs> speaking of fixing it in post yeah. oh man but yeah if you're gonna do all that um then uh, what does it matter anyways? Uh, then, yeah, just record everything separately. Sure, why not? But if you want the energy in the takes, l- just play the fucking drums. Yeah, um, I find, like, there's so many ways you can come at a musician when they come into your studio. Like, you might have preconceived ideas of... I mean, and, and with knowledge and experience, you have these preconceived ideas, but I'm always thinking about, like, how can I get the musician to be the most comfortable like to the way that they normally play the songs. And then I want to capture that. And thankfully we have all these things like Gekka drums and Superior drum and all that stuff that, that if, if they do kind of suck or something, like you can kind of get in there and fix it. Like, <laughs> it's like, I would rather just try and record the drummer. If he, if he's sick, just however he's comfortable and then, uh, figure out any issues later. <laughs> yeah. It all comes down to how good is the musician yeah. at their instrument. If the guy's a fucking beast, just let him fucking yeah. rip it. Let him shred. Like, you're not going to record 
uh, fucking Zach Wild one note at a time. No, yeah. Because that's how you do it. Like, no, man, you're going to just like. Sorry, Zach, this is how I do it. You're going to put a mic wherever the fuck you want because it won't matter because it's going to sound fucking awesome because it's Zach Wild and you're going to let him fucking shred and that's going to be the end of it. So, same type of idea when it comes to drums you know yeah. you got a guy like say like luke holland or someone like he he's just yeah, like i'm probably not gonna come at him and be like all right let's do shells separately <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's gonna come in and he's gonna destroy it it's yeah gonna he's gonna rip it so like yeah it all depends on the drummer and everything and yeah me personally um i i don't mind the, how we're doing things right now man i don't mind the whole uh hands separate from feet yeah i'd say like I mean, it's difficult coming from... I'm not as experienced as Thomas, obviously. Like, he's been recording drums for a lot longer than me. But I, I was even hesitant to do what we're doing right now, which uh, we're, Corey and I are sitting in a room looking at his drum kit, and there's no kick drums under it right now. There's just a little pad, and he's got his pedals up against that. And I was kind of uh, apprehensive about that at the start because I thought, like, oh, it's going to make you play weird. It's going to feel weird. But honestly, it's turned out pretty rad. Like, the overheads mm-hmm. sound great. They're so clean instantly. So... And that's the biggest part, right? Um, And, yeah, I don't know. A clean recording, man. That's uh, And and you don't have to worry about kick flubs and edits and and this Mm -hmm. and that. Like, it's about just getting each part as fucking awesome and clean and have as little editing to do as possible. Yeah, precisely. Right? And if you're just focused on your hands, that's way easier than, you know, like having massive kick drums because my new kicks are fucking loud too yeah. like so also yeah there you go yeah, my yeah there you can hear it yeah. new mapex saturn uh big old 22s yeah. yeah uh so they would be very loud in the overheads and doing edits you're gonna it it's gonna be difficult to get them out yeah uh without destroying all of the body of the overheads so well, yeah, excellent. Great question ah, from Thomas, great. I would Thank say. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Thomas. Yes. All right. Uh, moving forward, we have a question from Baz V. Bismarck. Uh, here's a question. I'm heading into the studio soon and want to tune the drums to the songs. Is there a trick to it? Wow, a lot of studio-type uh, questions, which is perfect for, like, the situation we're in and, and everything, true, yeah. right? Like, coming out of session. So, um, yes. I would say yes, there is a trick to it, and it is called a tune bot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, invest in one. Invest in the tune bot studio. It is amazing. Honestly, yeah, I would say if you're trying to tune your toms and such to like the specific key that the song is in, then I would definitely recommend getting a tune bot or something like that, where you can be really precise. Um, on that level of like knowing, okay, this is in the right key. This is the right note. This is what I need. If your band's playing in drop D and you got a bunch of, you know, open D chugs and strums or whatever, then yeah, maybe it'd be pretty sick if your floor Tom and one of your other Toms was a D or a D, a G and a C or something like just make it a little chord or, um, I think that could be smart and could be cool with, if it's a music with a lot of 30 second notes and it's really fast metal, um, I might not worry about it, but, <laughs> uh, it probably depends on the style. At the end of the day, I would say not to worry about it because a drum can never really truly be tuned to a specific note. It fluctuates 
so so drastically anyways because you're dealing with a skin in motion and you have resonance the two skins that are both in motion and moving every which like it's it's very difficult you can somewhat tune it to a note um the only time i have done that was when johnny no cash and the celtic outlaws were in the studio and we did two singles Mm. that were both in different keys so we tuned the toms three toms two rack one floor uh in different sequences within that that note within that chord so and it turned out really well i will say it turned out really well um but it does take a little bit of knowledge just knowing like what notes to tune it to and stuff just do a little a little bit of research and i think the tune bot will actually give you um if you want it in a specific key which tom sizes to tune to which notes and like it does all the bullshit math for you so you don't need to worry about it so at the end of the day dude buy a tune bot get used to it know how it works read the goddamn manual um (laughs) i i hate reading manuals but it's something i've uh started doing more and more because i just get frustrated when i don't know how something works and i blame it on the product meanwhile (laughs) it gave me a book (laughs) to tell me exactly how it works if only there was a way to figure this out oh i i I just don't know yeah Yeah, so i'm an idiot um (laughs) Read the manual, get a tune bot, let technology fucking take over because it's excellent and it helps a lot. Yeah. Next question. Alrighty. On to the next question from my good friend Angelo Pasquale Bonacorso. Uh he asks, Since you quit smoking, Corey, have you noticed an improvement in your performance slash stamina? Great question. Thank you, Angelo, uh, for for asking that. Um so it's been about two and a half months since I quit smoking. Now, I will say uh, I have quit smoking in the past for like six months, a year or so, and I noticed a huge difference back then. But I will say right now, over the last year, I have focused so much more on my technique and not ex- overexerting. So... Even with quitting smoking, I'm like, maybe, maybe it has helped with my stamina. I also, uh, exercise and run a lot. So like, I'm trying to get my lungs, um, back, like actually working like a normal human being and not someone who hacks a pack of darts a day. So I guess that's probably helping too. But overall, it's just because I've focused on my technique more, I don't have to exert as much energy. So like yesterday we did in what? Eight hour session. Not even. No, but it was all right. We had some breaks, but we were in, in the studio for eight hours. Uh, I think we started around one. Um, we were finishing setup and then we ended around nine, nine thirty. It was like one thirty to nine thirty or something like that, man. Yeah, you're probably um, right. You're probably right, yeah. So even then, like, we had a little bit of break here and there, um, but still probably about, like, six hours of, of playing. And uh, I, I was tired, but um, back 
when I was smoking and everything, I would have been beat. I would have been like fucking falling off the stool, uh, <laughs> like just dead if I didn't uh, take exercise and and everything like that seriously. Um, yeah. It, yeah so it, I feel like it's a few factors now contributing to how much better you're doing in that way. Yes. Yeah. Um, the not fact that I was not hungover or drunk um, is yeah. one. Uh, I quit smoking, so I have better uh, blood circulation and everything like that. I am in better health and, and exercising more. Uh, I will not say that I'm eating healthier because I definitely almost ate an entire bag of Twizzlers and... <laughs> Um, and, M&Ms. and then afterwards we had pizza and M&M's and I ate the entire bag. I think you had what, like three. Yeah, I didn't um, eat so I definitely like eating healthier is something I have to work on uh, a little <laughs> bit better. Um, and, uh, yeah, th- I think that there was a, something else there technique and working on my technique. So I'm not overexerting unnecessarily. Um, all those factors together equal a lot easier and fun time on the drums. Excellent. Yes. Beautiful. Mm. Thank you for the question, Angelo. Thank you. Uh, now we're moving on to Howie, our buddy Howlett. Um, <sighs> Howie's done sound for Crimson before many times and all sorts of things that you've done, right? Uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we he, he's guy. come on the road uh, with us he did sound for Vesperia and Kalma and uh yeah he he was a original bass player for Johnny No Cash and the Celtic Outlaws as well okay. so yeah yeah Excellent. yeah good 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 friend yeah, of mine good great, great supporter of the podcast as well I will say thank Excellent. you all right uh so Howie asks got any good dampening techniques for toms. Mm. Tune them properly and you won't have to. <laughs> if you buy a tune bot and you read the manual. No. Um, honestly, my favorite um, thing to do is just moon gels. Um, I I love moon gels. I have like eight packs in here. Like everywhere you look, you could probably just like reach out your arm and grab some. There's some right there. Yeah, um, yeah there's like three. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm a big advocate of, of moon gels. That's my favorite way to dampen because it is it is more of a controlled dampen rather than just taping the shit out of them. Mm. I also do like relatively like punchy and resonant toms. Yeah. Um for any of the styles that I play, I just want toms to be like booming rather than like dead. Yeah, sounding mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, I really like that. Um, for it's difficult because definitely like close mics, I would want it relatively dead, but in the room, I want it to really resonate within the room, right? So that's that's a hard part, but um, yeah, if it's properly tuned. And you should only need one moon gel, maybe two on floor toms if they get like really, really booming, really booming, and there. Br- you know, yeah. like 
But uh, you got anything? You got any like special techniques? Because I remember last time we recorded uh, that one song from Bowd, you... Uh, I was probably throwing some tape down, wasn't I? Yeah, you were throwing some tape and yeah. some fucking Wendy's napkins yeah. and like yeah. whatever you could get your hands <laughs> on, man. Like I was like, what the fuck, dude? I have like three packs of moon gels <laughs> right here. Like I'm always prepared, yeah. you know what I mean? I've always um, been like the... I don't know the the guy who's going for the cheapest route possible when it comes to this kind of stuff. So yeah. whatever's I, I, laying around, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but another good idea is uh, if you go to the dollar store and get like those little like Halloween kind of like gooey like sticky gummy things, like gummy like, things that like kids put on their windows and stuff, and you stick those on drums, like it's basically a moon gel. Um, I know Jonah K does that. He records a lot of the bands in Kitchener Waterloo. He's an Invicta. Um, I want to say that uh, Samus. Oh, Samus does the same thing. And he has them like pretty weird little like, things. Like yeah. they're just like scattered all over <laughs> his rack toms. Yeah. I, I, I think so. Anyways, he I did at one that. point. Yeah. yeah, anything like that that isn't gonna get in the drummer's way and yeah, does a good job of of well dampening. Yeah, go for it. I don't. I just I don't want to pay all the money for moon gel, so I just don't bother. Um, because it's like ten dollars for like. A couple little hunks of plastic. <laughs> it's like seems ridiculous, but um, I like my name brand stuff. That's okay? fair. That's fair. I, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I pay top dollar. All right, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's fine. I'm broke. If it works, it works. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. And you know what? I, I like them because it comes with that little the plastic little case, case yeah. Yeah. for them, and that's. Worth it to me. He likes a good case. I like yeah. it. I like a nice little case. Yeah, yeah, for all my little toys, you know. But yeah, I would say yeah, like we've been saying for the other questions, definitely check out a TuneBot. Think about uh, your tuning before you go right into the dampening world. Hundred percent, man. Tuning is key. Um, have you ever fucked with um, taking off your resonant head? Uh, yes. Um, I thought it was a little bit weird, honestly. Uh, I tried that recording with Angus a couple times, and mm-hmm. it's like, it sounds sick, but like like you were saying, like I prefer a little bit more resonance, a little bit more body to it. It just felt mm-hmm. like too dead. It was like, Ding! and then it was kind of gone. Yeah. And it's like, I'd really have to rely on the room mic and tom reverb to be getting those toms to just have a little bit more length, a little bit more body, rather than just like the actual tom right there itself. Um, I know Steve Albini, the mix engineer, also mics the resonant heads as well um, as the as the top. Um, Jacob Hansen also. So yeah, does that. He's a, he, yeah, that. he's a huge advocate of uh, yeah double miking toms. Yeah, uh, I've attempted to mix a couple songs that were uh, mic top and bottom. Yeah, I just found it to be a giant. Found it to be annoying. <laughs> like, like it was just like, oh my god, drum tracks. Are, there's like fucking thirty drum tracks. Yeah. Like, come on. Okay, I'm gonna delete that sample. <laughs> sample the toms 100. Yeah, don't <laughs> yeah. need these. Yeah, yeah. Delete, delete, delete. Yeah. Um. Anyways, um. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever. Um, I've really I, gone I, I never route. gone that that route of taking off the resonant head. I always just it looks weird. Then you just <laughs> got like these lugs sitting there without. Yeah. It looks very like eighties. It looks like you see like yeah. a band in their basement in the eighties doing that or something. I'm or I'm sure huge bands did that too, but like it just looks very of a certain time. 
Well, yeah. back in the day too. I think '90s actually. I think okay. it's more more '90s. I want to say because okay. I remember seeing. Uh, I think it was Strung Out. A couple of their music videos, and the drummer had no resonant heads. I was like, "Oh, that must make it sound like way better." <laughs> I guess, like that's so cool. Um, must be way sicker than what I'm doing. Yeah, when I was like 13, 14, and then yeah, uh, before I ever started drumming. But um, now I know that it doesn't. I don't like how it sounds. Yeah, and. Um, Say with correct tuning, you can definitely have both of those on there and still get a pretty short attack and get the best of both worlds, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I usually only dampen the uh, batter head. Uh, so just the top skin. I Maybe on a floor tom, I might dampen the resin head. Yeah, that's usually where I've ended up doing it. It's just having a really ringy floor tom. Yeah, and just slapping a little bit of tape on there because uh, uh, the moon gels oh, yeah. will probably fall off. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just a little bit of gaff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you're usually good to go. So those are our dampening techniques for toms. Yes. Thanks, yes. Howie, for the great uh, question. Yes, indeed. Uh, now we're on to clearly the most hard-hitting question, uh, saving the best for last year. Yes. Uh, Mikey Smith asks, how dope are drums? And then he said, Haha. Well, Mikey, (laughs) (laughs) I would say that drums are dope as fuck. Yeah. Can we swear on here? We can. Yeah, we can say whatever the fuck we want. Oh, fuck. Okay, that's easier. Jesus. Do you want to start over? (laughs) Do you want? You know what? Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right, I do, brother. Uh, Yeah. So. yeah, we can we can swear and drums are dope as fuck. Yeah, uh, cheers, Mikey. Drums are dope. If you don't play them, think about playing them. If you play them, play them some more. That's right. Um, it, and if you don't play drums, then why are you listening to this podcast? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we're we're gonna come to your house because it's a drummers only podcast. So yeah. don't even think if about. If you're a bass player and it. you're listening to this, stop. That's illegal. Yeah, like you're not allowed. uh, Prohibited information when it comes to you. The police have been notified, and uh, the authorities are on their way. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) You've been caught. Oh man. Well, well, that brings us to the end of the questions. There. That's it. Those were the top of the top uh, questions. Uh, Cream of the crop. That this was a lot of fun, Alex. Man, I think that we should um, we should do this more often. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'd I'd love to be a a guest, uh, a recurring guest. A recurring guest for yeah. these Q and A's. Uh, I think. Uh, I think that one. I've got a real knack like. for reading other people's thoughts. Yes. <laughs> 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 You're quite good at it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, that will do it for another episode of We're Talking Drums. I'd like to thank uh, my. Uh, fill-in co-host alex snape go check out all of his stuff um the new unbowed record will be out at some point uh by the end of the year it will come in the fall it'll be probably be late fall yeah um you can expect a music video soon and a couple playthrough videos lyric video all the singles all that crap um should i do a playthrough video if you're down yeah let's do it okay i'm gonna do a playthrough video drums Um, guitars bass all that silly stuff yeah. yeah. Um these drums turned out fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um really pumped. There's a couple uh really cool 
fun things I did. I, that yeah, that's some cool things fun. you did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so the song's much better. This was a fun, uh, a fun weekend of uh, recording together and uh, doing this. Um, this is great, man. Uh, go check out uh, Girthang. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I can just say all the ridiculous bands I'm in if you want. <laughs> okay, name all your bands uh, and your 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 soch and all that too, so everyone can go check it out. All right, uh, my name is Alex Snape. You can follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'm also in the bands Unbowed, where I play guitar. I'm in Becomes Astral, where I play guitar. I'm in a band called Hearsey, where I also play guitar. I'm in Crimson Shadows, where I play bass. I'm in Girthang, where I play drums, and I'm in. Last Light, where I play bass, and I'm in Ritual and Ruin, where I play everything. I also have solo music, so um, uh, yeah, just just click on my page, you'll find a bunch of music. And <laughs> if you want to get your songs mixed, mastered, recorded, oh yeah, my job, yeah, yeah, he is a <laughs> professional audio engineer and runs Nomadic Art Studios out of Guelph, so Guelph, Ontario, that is, yes. Yes, uh, and uh, so you can check that out. Uh, Nomadic Arts, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram also nomadicarts.org. We have a website. You can check out our That's entire right. catalog of everything we've ever recorded or put out or had anything to do with. So, yeah, if you like what you hear, definitely hit me up. I'd be happy to work on any music with you. Yeah, which the latest uh, release, you mastered the new Johnny No Cash Oh yeah, EP, I did. Yeah. Chapter one, which I mixed. Yeah, that's so just came out. this oh, was yeah, our first job. Fuck, yeah, co-production. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this was our first time working together uh, where we actually didn't play any instruments. Yeah, that's so, true. <laughs> it's kind of a uh, you know just fiddling with knobs. Weird. Yeah, that's right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the rhythm Excellent. section engineers. Yeah, oh, weird. Anyways, um, all right, man. Well, that's it. Thank you uh, for coming out. And to all of you who listened, uh, thank you for your great support. If you would like to support the podcast even further, we have merch. Uh, we You can pick up mugs, shirts, tank tops, hoodies, all that type of fun stuff. Uh, and we would really appreciate if you would like like and share uh, our episodes with your friends on uh, any kind of social media or anything like that. It would be uh, excellent. So thank you very much. Thanks again, Alex. Until next time. We're talking drums. <laughs> what does uh, he say? What does he say? I don't know. Keep drumming. Ah, oh, darn. See, I messed it up. Uh, that is what I yeah. say anyways. Oh, all okay. Right. See, all right. Well. Everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for letting me be a guest here. And uh, yeah, Corey, until next time. Keep drumming. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're feeling especially kind, we would love it if you would share this with a friend or two. If you have any comments, questions, or even suggestions for future shows, please let us know. You can fire us a message, and we'll do our best to get back to you. Catch you next time. Everybody's already heard me drum if they've listened to this podcast because it starts with me drumming and playing guitar every fucking time. Oh, yeah. And Alex, <laughs> <laughs> he does. It's the literally the first music. thing you hear. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
Let's just not even mention that. Ooh, done. <laughs> <laughs>